welcome back to the Kenosha K experience, the awakening of your inner child. Hello, I am Kenosha K. The Kenosha K experience was created to provide tools, strategies, resources, and education for women who are in leadership to heal from unresolved childhood trauma. This is because I was once wounded as a child myself. And so I help women navigate, um, those who are in leadership navigate the journey of healing wounds that affect their everyday lives, personally and professionally, helping leaders find a sense of peace and clarity so that they can ascend to their higher selves. So today guys, our topic is being the black sheep of the family. Um, I have a special guest here with me today, and her name is Lakeisha McCutcheon, and she is a single mom. She is a mom, full-time mom of a teen, of a 14-year-old beautiful young lady that I had the pleasure of meeting on last week. Not only is Lakeisha a a full-time teen mom, but she's also a divorcee. She has a beautiful story that she wants to tell us, but also um, I'm going to let her introduce herself to the audience. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us. We're just going to give you what we were given and give you some tools and strategies um, of being the black sheep of the family. We want you to help. We want to help you to cope with your trauma. So I'm going to let Lakeisha take over. Hi, Kenosha. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so just to tell you a little bit about me, who I am, of course, I'm Lakeisha, but I'm a mom. I'm a daughter, a sister, a friend, um, a lover of God, a lover of people. Um, I'm also the face of those who are broken um, and being put together and made whole by Christ Jesus. Um, so it's a journey to be on, um, and it's it's an awesome journey to be on with God. Um, just seeing how He's beginning to heal me and put my heart back together. Um, and as I work on that inner child inside of me, the little Keisha. So it's great to be here. Well, I am very elated for you to come into my space, um, my sacred safe space um, for my audience and for myself. Thank you for saying yes to God. Thank you for saying yes to yourself. Thank you for saying yes to your daughter. Um, And she's rising up. Thank you for saying yes to the women and the men who will be listening to this podcast and helping them cope with the trauma that has been endured in their lives as a child that affects their everyday lives. Like I said, professional and personally, right? Um, So I want to get into talking about the black sheep. And um, like I said, I have five coping um, techniques to help you with dealing with being the black sheep of your family and how you can get over it and see yourself for who God has created you to be because there's a place for you in the world and the people are waiting for you um, to be a voice for them. And so what we're doing, we want to be a voice for the voiceless. We want to be able to give you a voice and let you know that you are not alone in this thing called life, that you are not alone 
alone, um, not only alone in this place called life, but not alone with your trauma. Because if you're human, we've all endured trauma, right? We have been silenced by the secrets that we have kept um, all these years for decades um, with being the black sheep. And we want to not call you out, but we want to give you um, a place, a safe place that is sacred and that is protected. Um, So um, let's get started um, as far as um, talking about the black sheep. Um, So, If you don't know what the black sheep is, um, the black sheep um, is someone of the family who feels like an outcast, who is seen different, um, and has oftentimes been written off by the family, right? Um, Or sometimes we feel as though we've been written off by the family, right? Um, So growing up, you may have been teased for the way that you dressed. Um, You also may have been teased for the way that you looked and kept all of those secrets inside and tried to mask it with clothes and makeup and, you know, buying these, as they call it today, um, bougie meals and staying at hotels. but also you've been a people pleaser to please someone else um, for what they wanted you to do. And so I wanna talk about a big thing about the people pleaser because being the black sheet of the the family, we oftentimes people please so that we don't have to stand out or we don't feel different from anybody else. Truth be told, we do feel different. Um, So, Keisha, what do you think, uh, what is your take on being a Black sheep and being an outcast and seeing different from your family but the rest of the world and not knowing your place in the world? Um, Being an outcast, you have identity issues, right? You don't know who you are in Christ. Um, but you also don't know who you are as a human being because the trauma has affected you and how you show up in your family of being the outcast and being like feeling like you're left alone pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. um, I identify with pretty much all of that that you said, you know, growing up as a child being picked on um, regarding my weight. Um, you know, I've always been a big girl. So from a childhood, you know, there were there were names that I was called that were not so nice. Um, and I, I vividly remember those names, um, Miss Piggy, things like that um, as a kid, you know, and I did eat a lot um, and I was overweight. But now that I'm older, I realize that was a coping mechanism for what I had experienced um, in the years prior. Um, some, some molestation, some sexual abuse in my past, but not only being picked on about my weight, I was always I was um, picked on as well regarding my hair. Um, back in the day, I used to have issues with my hair coming out in the center and um, my hair, you know, just having issues with it breaking off. And I remember being in the seventh grade 
and having to actually get all of my hair cut off and went to the jerry curl. So then I went from having ball patches in my head to becoming drip drip. We know- Remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Yay. In seventh grade, you know, middle school years that are, you know, truly the years that are kind of really forming you and how you feel about yourself. You're already feeling some kind of way from the things that have happened in the past. And now you have to show up at school um, all your hair is gone and now you have a little bit of hair you have a curl now so now you're being called drip drip so that you know all of that I identify with being picked on and being different because it was like you know some days I felt like why me why do I have to go through this why why am I the only one in my family that seems to be struggling with this I, it felt different and then as the years go on you know like you said we do all these things to try to make us feel better and the high behind it. So if I could have all the money that I've spent <laughs> in the years on hair and weave and wigs and things like that, oh my gosh, um, I'd probably be rich <laughs> right okay. now. But it was just trying to cover up who I really was. So battling with the hair issues. And finally, two years ago, just deciding to go, go ahead and just cut it off. This is who you are. This is who God created you to be and just deal with it and stop spending the money because it was getting exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, it was getting exhausting. And at the end of the day, thinking about the next wig, thinking about the next hairdo, thinking about whatever, it still didn't make me feel good. At the end of the day, I still felt the same way, still felt less than. I still heard the things that were said to me as a kid. So it didn't change anything. So I just had to finally, this is who you are. And you have to accept who you are. Right. You can't change your past, but you can change your future. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, the past is there, but moving forward is so much important. Um, especially if you're on um, a move to a healthier and bold and braver life, right? You were brave. You're brave because of the things that happened to you. And look at you now, like you're alive. You're, you, you know, you're coming into yourself. You know, your identity is forming. And so I wanted to touch also on what you said, um, about being called Miss Piggy, right? Those nicknames um, at childhood affect you and you repeat them over and over. You rehearse them over and over in your brain, even as an adult. And it's resulting in, it's showing up in your adult life, right? Because you still hear those voices because of the subconscious, right? It's very deep right and sometimes people can say things one or two times and it's embedded in your memory right they don't have to say it 10 to 12 times one time is really good enough for you to carry it over into your adulthood but i wanted to touch on miss piggy because 
um, some of you don't know, and some of you may do by listening to my story before, I am the proud teen mom of three. I did that. God did that with me, right? We partnership together. Um, and I'm so grateful that um, he continued to hold my hand and guide me as being a teen mom because there's no um, manuscript or manual to parenting, especially when you're a teen, you're still a child yourself growing. So while you're growing, while you're raising children, you're actually growing with them. But I said that to say, um, I my, my second child, um, who is 23, praise God, um, she, uh, I used to call her Piggy. And it was a name that I called her because Miss Piggy was one of my favorite characters growing up. And I called her Miss Piggy because of her beautiful chubby cheeks and, you know, her beautiful chubby um, thighs. But she was my baby. She's someone that I loved. And so when you brought that to my attention, it was like, hmm, I'm grateful that my child didn't feel like it was a name that made her feel bad, right? Um, so thank you for being open and transparent um, with that nickname that scorned you as a child, right? I appreciate that. That makes me look at it, um, of course, a different way, um, but I'm just grateful that my child didn't feel that kind of way right um so I also wanted to talk about mention how you said you were spending money on wigs and makeup and clothes and you know giving money away oftentimes um when we do those type of things to mask our pain and we've been through the trauma we we spend frivolously spending on making others happy. Um, and we think that when we make them happy, we're going to feel happy. But what it does when you're spending money like that, um, it, how, let's see, it makes you mishandle money in your adult life, right? And when bills need paying, you're putting it on a back burner because you have just pleased somebody else and made them happy, but your bills are left behind and they're not paid and you feel a certain kind of way. And so that's more damage that you're doing to your internal self, right? So then we we become, um, have, we become having uh, money management problems right and so then we have money blocks and then we wonder why we don't have money and we just had five thousand dollars the other day but today is saturday and here we are you know two or three days later and we broke that's because we please other people and we let our livelihood go without and that's because of the bad coping skills that we have learned along the way, um, either from family or within our own selves. So I wanted to um, talk about the blocks that um, come with people pleasing, right? Um, but 
the other thing was um, when you have been through a traumatic experience, especially as a child, you're you have a growth stunt. So the things that happen to you physically affects you more mentally than they do physically, right? Psychological abuse, emotional abuse, right? And so when that occurs, your physical body continues to grow, but that little child that was scorned from the traumatic event or events, their mental state stops. It stops expanding. So the developmental stages never get where they need to be. And that's why some children have um, a reading development problem or a social development problem. And when you've been um, molested and raped and the psychological abuse, the physical abuse, all of those things, you don't know to go left or to go right. And when you, with those traumatic events happen, you begin a habit of being a robot of your daily routines, like waking up, brushing your teeth. And when we're brushing our teeth, we're not paying attention or even feeling the bristles that are against our teeth, right? Um, and so that's when mindfulness comes about. Um, and then not only we wake up and brush our teeth, we put on clothes and we rush out the door to go to work. And then while we're at work, we're thinking about where the next meal coming from and what we gonna cook when we get home. And when we get home, we're so exhausted because we've had to be this person that we were not on. We had to be this person that we were outside of the four walls of our home. And so that is so, so, so exhausting. Um, and so family secrets stunt your growth too. You try to save everyone else, but nobody's saving you. The black sheep of the family. How did you become the black sheep? How does it happen? And when does it happen? It starts early. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we spoke about that. Also want to talk about, you know, like I said, why it happens. You know, childhood emotional neglect, intentional or accidental, or even physical abuse can cause people to shut down from an early age. It's so sad but we learn along the way when we want to get healed. Healing doesn't feel good. It definitely hurts. But healing is beautiful when you get over some of the mountains and become and start to become and grow in who you are. Um, so children who get the message that their needs or words are not valid, they often become adults um, who try to do it all themselves. We become so independent. So I want you, I want you to um, talk about how the independence crippled you 
from an emotional state. And if you are led, some of your story. Um, the independence definitely crippled me um, because it. <clears throat> I wanted to be seen as strong. So being strong is being independent. You don't need to, in my mind, that's where I, what I was thinking. Um, you got to make it happen. It's all on you. Don't ask for help because when you ask for help, you, you're weak. You know, you made this bed, you got to live in it. You let, lie in it. It's what we often heard a lot of times. So it was like, I didn't want to feel, I didn't want people to look at me as in, you know, a project or she can't handle the life that she was given, um, the choices that she made, you know, she has to deal with it. So I just internalized a lot of stuff and just felt like I had to do it on my own because I was different, because I didn't want something else for people to think about or talk about. Um, so yeah, it, it crippled me in so many ways and I just kept it all on the inside and then just realizing like once I had my daughter that you you need help because you're going to teach her these same things and it was just so unhealthy for me I had such um I was just overcompensating put it that way because I was so independent I was overcompensated and just didn't know how to ask for help um and didn't know who to ask for help and because of the molestation in my past didn't trust people um and in many times didn't trust myself hey listen i was just about to say that yes. because when somebody that you loved so dearly someone who was supposed to nurture and protect and guide you be the role model for you to lead the way scorned you right and um that's a good that's a good point and it's valid it's definitely valid um so yeah that's that's good i had serious trust issues not just with other people with myself um I, I look back on a lot of the decisions that I have made and I'm like, you can't even trust yourself to make good decisions. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> and so the decision making becomes complicated. Um, and we do things um, without thinking them through. Exactly. And um, that causes um, more pain and it causes more blocks. It also causes um, for you not to show up. It keeps you stuck. It keeps you stuck. It keeps you settling. Um, because I, in so many instances, I can see in my life where I sat because I didn't know my value or I didn't trust me and what may I, what I may have felt in my gut. Um, and and it, it causes more trauma in your life when you make those decisions. Like you said, I'm a divorcee, you know? Um, you know, nothing against my ex-husband or anything, but just, I know I settled. 
I settled because I didn't know my value. I didn't know um, who I really was. Um, going in, get to know me, I probably would have never gotten married. Um, you know, and just so many other choices in my life and decisions that I made, it caused for a lot of hurt. You know, yes, a lot has happened to me, but some of the things, it wasn't just things that people did to me, but it was as the result of decisions that I made because I just wasn't, I guess, emotionally mature to right. deal with everything. And then that goes back to being stunted as a child. Well, my molestation started around the age five. So in a lot of ways, now I look back at like, back at my life or even just my life right now. And I'm like, wow, when stuff happened, you know, I'm like, oh, that's, that's an issue. But that's that little five-year-old Keisha that has an issue. Um, and I'm stuck in some places in my life. I've grown a whole lot, but then there are some areas that trigger that little five-year-old to come out. And right. that, and, and I looked for so much and so many people outside of me because that's that that was that little girl wanting to feel safe. Little girl wanting to feel protected. Yeah. That little girl needing that hug. And just to know that she's special. And that her needs and her wants matter. Yes. But because of all the secrets. Yes. That were kept internally to protect the mother, the father, the sister the uncle or whatever family member to protect them um, so that the out world, the, the, the external world couldn't see or know what was going on and so that their careers um, wouldn't go down the drain or the church folk, okay? So let's talk about that. Or the church folk wouldn't see them differently differently, right? Wouldn't see um, the scars that they created or being the human um, that they are. Um, and also, you know, with, with church folk, you know, I'm a Christian and I love God. I have a personal relationship, but I also know um, from being the black sheep of the family too. Um, and I thank God for my life. I truly, truly do. Um, I thank God for being in business for 24 years of law enforcement and social work. Um, but I, in education, but I thank God for all of those personal experiences and him showing me who people are and that people do hurt people because they are hurt. But when we talk about the church, the church scorns us too. So the black sheep is more embedded in us and we don't even trust the church because the church thinks that our mom, our father, our sister, our brother, our uncle, or whomever has hurt us and portrayed us, they feel like they are, they put them on a pedestal because of the duties that the people who hurt us have in the church. And so we're labeled as bad, right? We're labeled as fast. 
because she put on that dress and she's showing a little thigh. But little girls wear dresses that shows the thigh, right? Sometimes they are not past the knee. When you're a five-year-old girl wearing a dress, you don't think that people should look at you and label you as the fast girl or the bad girl. No, you're five year old, you're five years old. You're an innocent child, right? And so when we go grow older, it makes us cover up more, put on more clothing to cover up our bodies because of all of the harsh things that people said and all of the the mean looks of how they look at us when we dress. And so when the church folks start talking about you, the parents don't stand up for you because they know what has happened behind those four, those, those closed doors. And it, it could be molestation. It could be rape behind those four doors, but it also could be a beating with a stick and not sometimes a switch or your mama yanking your ear because you didn't sweep that floor and she yelled at you and she cussed you to the 10th degree, right? Um, So they allow people to look at us how they look at us. And so with the church folk, some of them don't have a censor. And they think it's okay. And it's not, right? And so even then, you close more within yourself internally. And so because we want people to look at us differently, so we start to cover up. Well, what about when the sun is out and you a grown woman, but you've been through traumatic experiences and you want to wear a sundress with the shoulders cut off, but you can't because you tell yourself and remind yourself of way back when. Childhood trauma affects the adult life. And so it is so apparent that we heal from what has happened to us. So important. Um, When your needs and your wants are not met and you ask somebody, can you have a popsicle? Whoever your caretaker or guardian is or whatever. And they yell and say, no, the first effect is the yell. The second effect is not that you said no, it's how you said it and you yelled. And then the look that you gave me when I asked you for it, all of that, those three or four things that I just gave you are trauma. And so we have to go back and look at our childhood. So, um, you know, it's funny that if I can interject, it's funny that please. Of course you can. You brought up, she just passed. You know, I know that there were um, certain mem- members of, you know, my family, you know, outside family 
um, that would say things like, you know, she she's fast, she's this, she's drowned, you know, she hot. Because those were the things that they said back in the day. Not hot as in she looked good, but hot as in fast and fresh and things like that. And, you know, as a little kid, you wouldn't dare say it because that's disrespectful. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what do you know about me? What do you know? Because you're someone, you know, not in my immediate family. What do you know about me? Um, that makes you think that or say that. And so for a long time, those individuals, I held a lot of, um, I might as well say anger in my heart towards them because I'm like, you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. There's a reason reason you're saying that. Right, and then the resentment that comes with that. Yes. And the resentment continues to build. Yes. And so those are all layers that have to be unpacked. And it takes time. Yes. It takes time. Um, but you're so right with that fast thing. Like, what is fast, right? We would, if we were never conditioned to think that fast was because you got on that little dress because you, your shoulders cut off on that shirt. We we would know what fast was because the dictionary says something else when it comes to fast. Absolutely. And it's definitely not um, taking out of context. Yes. Let me, I'll just say that. It's definitely not taking out of context to that degree. Fast does not mean that. Um, so, you know, we talked about when you express a want or a need and how you felt after that, you feel like you don't want to ask for anything else, even though you want it. Sometimes there is a need that needs to be met, but we are afraid to ask for that need, right? So, um, because of how they make us feel. Yeah. I remember, I'm sorry, I remember there, you know, there being a time when I um, expressed to a certain extent of what had taken place, like the first instance of the um, abuse, molestation, and how it kind of backfired on me. And I was looked at as like, it was my fault. You know, you did this, so yeah, um, yeah. You know, I got in trouble or whatever. And then so what five-year-old Keisha told herself is, you don't put yourself in that situation again where you get in trouble. So, and, and I brought that up when you talked about a need because I guess in expressing that, that was my need or asking in so many ways for protection or asking for the release of that and hoping that it doesn't happen again. But it was a negative response to me because I got, you know, it's, it was like, it's your fault. And it wasn't said to me in those ways, you know, it's your fault. But just the results, things that happened since then, it was kind of like you had blame in this as well. So I vowed that, hey, I'll never say anything or whatever. Well, that just led to 
more and more instances and coercion, you know, and being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And you're just screaming like inside, well, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut because the last time, yep. you know, this is what happened. So I was protecting others and nobody was protecting me. Absolutely. That is so true. But those are all the things that the black sheep endures um, and feeling like the outcasts or seen different. Um, and we, you oftentimes feel like people are staring at you and sometimes people are not staring at you. It's what you think um, because of those um, occurrences um, before make you feel like that um there's so many challenges um that are endured when you are the black sheep you suffer from depression anxiety um there are a lot of things that you suffer from mentally and you go into a state of shock psychologically without even knowing and all of that that is pent up, um, oftentimes uh, you stop breathing. And so all of those secrets that were kept and everybody else looking good, you know? Um, But again, hurt people hurt people. And they hurt them the result of their behavior is because of what happened back then and they don't know how to um, communicate effectively because their growth was stunning but there's no excuse there's no excuse Uh, being a black sheep can seem dangerous at times where you go into a dark place and the result of that dark place leads you into being feeling alone and sad and crying. Um, so um, I wanted to make sure that we touched on that um, because it's so important for people to know that they're not alone and being the black sheep and that things do show up in childhood that causes trauma. Um, do you have anything that you, else you want to touch on? Uh, this is an organic conversation um, because we want to help somebody think about their childhood and if they ever felt like an outcast or felt different. Um, and where you are today, take a self-assessment. Are you the black sheep of your family? And if you, And if you are, I surely know for a fact that you're not the only one who feels like that. You have all these pent up secrets that need to be released so that you can become your whole and beautiful and authentic self so that you can show up in the world light and not heavy. Because being the black sheep, there's a lot of weight that comes with it. There's a lot of tasks we comes Uh, when it comes to being the black sheep. Um, And they're all negative, right? There's, there's, they're all negative. 
Um, some are positive, but majority of them negative, and it affects those those behaviors, those negative things of impact our behaviors and how we show up in our adulthood. Um, so, you do you want to touch on that, Keisha? Um, well, yeah, uh, certainly, I, I agree that you know those who may find themselves, who may be watching this and find themselves um, thinking, well, hey, I identify with some of that. I may be the black sheep in my family. I think it's imperative that you begin to um, start trying to take a look at your childhood and see the things that may have caused you trauma in your childhood and you know throughout your life and just begin to address them. Uh, what has been key for me is seeking help, seeking therapy, understanding that it was bigger than me. First, it, first having to get to that place of realizing that I was the victim. Um, it wasn't my fault. Me just being who I was, a five-year-old kid, had nothing to do with someone older than me taking advantage of me. So realizing that, okay, and it took me a long time to get to that place of, first of all, acknowledging it. Because I had, I had um, just kind of suppressed it for so many years. Like, I didn't tell anyone to, until I was like 29 years old pregnant with my daughter. Daughter was born when I was 30 and didn't start going to therapy until she was a year old. Cause I realized that I was trusted, God trusted me with this life. And I did not want her to go through the challenges that I went through. So I wanted to begin the journey of working on me, doing my soul work. Um, and then I realized that I wasn't alone. There are so many other people who had experienced what I had experienced, um, who may look like me, not look like me, um, but it was important. And the more that I began to work on it and the more that I began to share it with people of what I went through, that, that helped heal me because I was giving a voice to that little kid inside of me. Um, but it also helped me to know that my pain was helping someone else. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, when it says that God uses everything and he works everything for your good, even though in the moments of the Miss Piggy, the molestation, Baldy, all of that, in the midst of that, he allowed me to go through that so that today I can give voice to that woman struggling um, with hair issues, the woman struggling with weight issues because food became my comfort and I struggled with it. And like you said, we all deal with addictions. Yeah, we talked about that and we suppress. Yes. It's when we get depressed and um, we get angry and our anxiety raises, we mask so much and we suppress our pain, our psychological pain uh, with alcohol and drugs and, and tobacco, uh, food and clothes. We suppress it shopping. Yeah. We suppress it because we do the things to numb exactly to numb and not feel and oftentimes you the, the black sheep doesn't know that um 
that's what she's doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you're not consciously, you're not thinking about it, but subconsciously, it's in the back of your head, right? And that inner child shows up, right? So um, the black sheep becomes codependent, right? Oh. So what about codependency? Um, what what can you say from your own personal experience about codependency? Because when 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 black sheep become codependent um, on their family, even while being treated as an outcast or indifferent, um, and what I mean by that is. Um, the black sheep will take the crap from them while waiting to be treated better. Although they already know in the back of their head that it's going to be the same as it was before and before that and before that. But you say, well, it's going to be a little, you try to, you know, uh, rehearse to yourself. Um, and set yourself up and say, oh, it, it'll be different this time, or she's in a good mood, or he's in a good mood. Um, but we know that that's not going to change. But we still are hungry for a better place. But the black sheep sets herself up for the okie doke right um but wanting it to be different it is a hunger for it to be different but nothing's different until things are talked about um, i know i needed to stop there because codependency is exactly what it is. And um, being dependent on somebody that has betrayed you, your trust, that don't value you, it is painful to know that someone who betrayed you but then you're seeking for help or a want or a need to be met. It's painful. Um, so I needed, I wanted to stop there with codependency and give you an opportunity to definitely um, give your take and your experience with codependency um, because codependency and knowing that um, that was you could be heavy. Um, It is heavy. My therapist and I, um, we worked on codependency a few months ago and um, she gave me a story to read and she asked me, who do I identify with, whatever. And I just saw that that was me, codependency. 
Um, and 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 I guess what I will say is that was that little girl wanting to feel accepted. So I I, I people pleased. I um I released offenses, or maybe I shouldn't say released it. I just kind of okay, you're right. They've done this, but I'm this is what I want. And I wasn't willing to accept the truth of who they were. Because they're family, right? Yes. Because they're family. And I said to you, there's a difference between family and a relative. Exactly. A relative is blood related. Family is who is going to nurture, love, protect, correct you when you wrong, but definitely in a loving way and also holding you accountable and being there for your need and your want if they can, right? That's family. So that that was hard. It was hard to look at because I was like, you know, in some ways, I was doing it to myself just because I couldn't I, or I wouldn't accept it for what it was. Yes, it's family, but they hurt you. They did this. And so with that being said, it caused me to have to start um, putting people in their rightful place in my life. Even though you're family, but if you're hurting me, I don't give you all the space in my heart and allow you to continue to hurt me. So I had to create boundaries, rather. Um, you got to talk about that. <laughs> Definitely. I, yes, I had to create boundaries. And and I'm just here to tell you, boundaries, do, creating boundaries don't always feel good because that people-pleasing, codependent person that I am or have been, um, it doesn't always feel good because then you begin to think, well, they, then they're not gonna think that um, I'm a good person. Like I was trying to prove something to them. And and so that was hard for me to deal with and just get to that place of, I really don't care what they think. Now I really have to protect Keisha. I really have to protect my mental health, um, my emotional health so that I can become healthier. And if if it's uncomfortable for them, then that has to be their problem and not my problem. And I, I, I'm now that I'm working on it, I'm getting to that place of no, I don't have to be superwoman. I don't have take to take off that cape. See it? Yes. Take off that take <laughs> off the cape because the cape needs to be burned, right? Mm-hmm. And the cape needs to be burned because you aren't the black sheep anymore. You can't do it all. You don't have to do it all, right? Let them sit and lay where they're at, right? Because your pain is your pain and their pain is their pain. They made you the black sheep, but you ain't got to suit up and boot up for them no more, right? It's okay to decline the invite at the family function, right? When you show up on Easter Sunday. Decline the invite, especially if it's unhealthy, especially if you don't have any healthy boundaries put in place, especially if they're going to ridicule you, especially if they're going to talk about you bad, especially if they're going to look at you different. Decline the invite. 
right? Because you don't have to walk into a place where you're emotionally scorned. You don't have to do that. You don't have to depend on them, right? You have a chosen family that you can go to. And whoever you chosen, or like I said, or the people who's going to love, nurture, and protect you. And make sure that your needs and your wants are met if they can, right? But they're going to show up for you and from an authentic place. Not from a place where they judging you, right? So, I'm very passionate about when I say decline the invite, Black Sheep. You are bold. You are brave. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are wanted. You are great. Why? Because you were born to be great. Why? Because God made you. Why? Right? You are worthy of all things good. You are worthy to live in this world without the chaos, right? With especially from your 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 relatives who when you grow up, when you come into this world, they're the first people that you embrace. They're the first people that you start to know what a relationship is, right? And so if you're not taught the right way then you don't know what an authentic relationship is. You don't even know who you are, right? I'm passionate about helping women in leadership, period. Women, period. Navigate the journey that affects their everyday lives as a black sheep. As a woman, period. To find peace and clarity to know who they are so that they can ascend to their higher self of where they were called. So when you, and, and this is for the audience, y'all, when you show up at the family function, family gathering, or whatever you guys call it, in your blood family, you do not have to accept what is not healthy and good for your emotional state. You do not have to be dependent on them when it comes to an emergency with your child. You don't have to call them. Build you a chosen family, right? Because there's people out there who want to see you great, who want to help you be great, who want to give you the tools, the strategies, and the resources because you were taught wrong. Being a black sheep can put you in your grave. It can. And for some, it did. I know a man who loved God so much, and you guys may know who I'm talking about. He loved God so much, and every time he graced the stage with his lyrics, he said a prayer to God on the stage, right? Black, beautiful, bold brother. He said it on the stage. He made you knew that he loved God. And he was a black sheep himself. He suffered from trauma. We lost him. But guess what? God ganged him. He didn't go to hell. He went straight on to be with the Lord. He is a black sheep. But he let you know, he let the people know where his trauma was coming from and who did it to him. He was very open. He didn't say he was the black sheep, but if you listen to him, it showed all. 
he will forever rest in power. He will forever be alive. Not just for me, but many of people who grace this world. So family, flowers of my podcast, please know that you can choose your family. Know that, know that you can rely on them. Um, So I got way up in there because I know what it's like. I'm the healer, um, but I also come from a place of transparency with my authentic self. Um, Healing people is what I do. I love people, period. I don't even have to know you um, because we all suffer from something and that's what stretches my love more um, for the world. Um, And of course, you know, because God loves me. Um, I'm attached to him. And so are you. But my love is extended across the nations because of suffering. And we don't know how to get to a place of where we need to be as being the black sheep. And I say we because I am a part of my tribe right? And you would never be left without. Um, so we can, I can go on and on with talking about the black sheep and childhood trauma and how it affects your everyday lives. But I do want to give you um, some coping Um, skills to cope with being the black sheep of the family because my god being the black sheep of the family and I can't stress this enough um, it puts you in a a mental coffin a mental coffin and um, you don't have to be you don't have to keep choosing to accept the behaviors of others You don't have to continue to choose to accept the behavior from mom. You don't have to depend on mom to keep your children. There are resources out there for you. You have to access them. And if you don't know how to access them, my box is open. I'm nationwide. Because there are mothers who are suffering and that codependency just lingers on to depend on the family. And when they keep your child, they're cussing you out and telling you that you gotta pay them to keep your child. It's okay to pay, right? But don't be pleasing with your money, right? Don't be in a space of where you have to accept that emotional abuse. So, um, Y'all, I love y'all, for real. Lizzie, I love y'all. Keisha, I love you. Like, I'm so grateful that um, you said yes again. Um, Because telling a story, um, your own personal story, that was a secret. um, Sometimes, when you haven't told a secret to the world, right? Like we're doing. And it can it can it can raise your emotions, right? It can raise the anxiety. Um, but I appreciate. I'm grateful for you. 
And if it did raise any of your emotions, I want you to um, breathe through it. In, inhale it and blow it out so hard that you release that emotion um, because it doesn't serve you anymore. You're becoming, right? You become a whole lot of things. And so, um, what audience, while I talk to Keisha, um, I'm talking to you too. Um, and while I'm talking to you too, I'm talking to myself too. So don't never think that people, because of the positions and the titles people have, we all go through something. We all need something. Um, my title is just a snippet of who I am, but it ain't who I am, right? So um, let's talk about these coping skills. I've given you one, which is choosing a family. Again, who's going to love, nurture, protect, show up for you in an authentic space. Someone who's not going to judge you for when you do wrong. Or that little girl or that little boy pop out, your inner child that you have yet to nurture, love, and protect, that you have yet to listen to. Take heed to the behaviors that you're experiencing, beautiful black sheep. Because you won't be there alone. You won't. I'm telling you. And while I'm speaking this, I'm going to be praying for the black sheep of the world, not just in the US, the world globally, because there are many of us walking around feeling lonely, feeling like we're not enough, feeling like we're not beautiful, that nobody wants us. And I keep giving you more and more before I get to these coping skills because we, Keisha and I, want you to see yourself. No one's perfect in this world. And we all go through suffering. But at some point, we gotta look where the suffering comes from. Who created that suffering? And who's continuing to suffer, which is you, continuing that behavior. You want to know the real you. Not what you were labeled as. You want to see yourself for yourself. I often tell my tribe, Keisha, I've told you too. Do a mirror check, beautiful. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself. The black sheep never looks at herself in the mirror because she's afraid of what she sees. She's afraid. And you're afraid because of all the things that you've gone through, all the things that you've experienced and endured. That's why you don't look at yourself in the mirror. And if you're a woman who puts on makeup, you don't look at yourself while you're putting on the makeup because the makeup is a routine. 
you're a robot. It's a routine. It's something you do over and over again that you won't even have to look at yourself, right? So um, you want to know the real you. And you want your children to see the real you. Because see, when you continue to keep the secrets of being the black sheep, you teach your children how to keep the secrets. And then she or he becomes the black sheep. And the generational curse continues to go on. I got chills from there. There will always be generational curses. But after generation after generation, somebody got to want to cut the curse. We got to want to get to the root and clip it so that it no longer lives. Because once you cut that root, it's dead. And guys, when I use that metaphor of cutting the root, I mean, here I go again, decline the invite. You ain't got to show up, sis. Flower, you don't have to show up because you said you don't have to show up because now you're saying yes to you. That's why. So um, what do you do now of wanting to see the real you and not be an outcast or feel different? That was one. Um, Healthy boundaries, creating healthy boundaries in a safe space for you is so important. Um, It reduces the exposure um, to the family who gave, who presented those opportunities of negativity and behaviors. Um, When you create a physical distance from your family, you start to show up for you. It becomes a habit all over again, like a robot. But it comes from a happy place. Your shoulders are not pent up. They're actually down because now you're breathing a little bit. You feel a little lighter. So create a physical space, which is the distance from your families. Um, If those are the ones, you know, because they're the ones who created these things um, in your life. Um, So another one is rebuilding while recognizing um, negative experience, Um, reframing your thoughts. When those negative thoughts come, replace them with something positive. It's okay to talk to yourself. You already do it when you're thinking about those negative thoughts that you carry in your brain. Think of something positive about yourself and reframe, replace those thoughts. Center yourself. Um, so that is one. And, and rebuilding your life um, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Can it be hard? It can, 
because once you cut the family off because of those emo that emotional state that they put you in and continue to put you in it can be hard but it also can be easy because when you think about how you felt from that emotional state of being with them rebuilding your life looks so much different on the other side think about who you want to be what you want to do who you want to become how you want to feel right how you want your house to look do you want to pursue that education that people told you that you weren't gonna graduate high school but you dropped out and got a ged because you was a teen parent right but what about when the girl the black sheep gets the ged keisha what about when she gets the GED? What they gonna say then? What they gonna say when she gets the GED and rebuilding her life because she reframed her thoughts? She goes on to higher education. What about that, Keisha? Black, beautiful sheep, bold and brave and resilient, right? So rebuilding your life without the people that you were attached to can be complicated, can be hard, because that's what you're used to, right? But think about all the things that I said when you reframe your thoughts to rebuild your life. What you put in you is a result of what will come out. Just like when you eat, what you put in your mouth and chew and swallow, go through your chest into your esophagus and out, y'all know where it goes. And I'm painting that picture for you because I wanna come, I'm coming from an authentic space and I'll think a safe space, right? Um, and I, I, I'm painting that picture because I want you to see what you digest negative comes out negative. What you digest positive comes out positive, right? And it takes effort. It takes repetition. Doesn't happen overnight. You got to work for what you want to see on the other end. So rebuilding, reframing, and also, um, you know, creating that physical distance um, from the people um, who have um, caused the pain of you being the black sheep and feeling the outcast. Don't downplay the situation. Downplaying is using thinking errors. You become to blame, right? So, um, living and living from an authentic space despite the disapproval. You don't need nobody else's approval. Put your own. But it's up to you to make the right decisions the negative and the positive, which one you going with. Um, Set goals for yourself. Um, So things like that. And when you're the black sheep, you have displaced anger. 
right? So, you have a family. Start creating and building that family. And I'm not just talking about with your children, because of course you have it with your children, ladies. Um, But building a family outside of your relative family, right? Um, So I wanted to touch, I wanted to give you um, some of those um, coping skills. It's the most important one. All of them are important, but work on that physical distance. Um, create that healthy boundary for yourself and for your children. Um, I'm so passionate about this. Um, and so you guys have heard me talk, um, but I'll, Keisha, I want to hear you talk more. If you have anything to say, please, um, by all means, it is yours. Um, I just want to reiterate just being aware of how you feel, what you're feeling, and um, taking taking control of your own life. Don't let people write your life or portray to you what your life should be. Um, and that's been hard for me. I just kind of went to the went with the flow of things and just was the people pleaser. But now. Um, just now I'm trying I'm trying to become become who God created me to be and it is challenging you spoke to that you spoke to um there can be challenges to it but it's also beautiful when you're able to look and say okay I've climbed that mountain so I'm not where I was but I'm I'm moving forward um just want to encourage you to do that to keep moving, to find those, to find that real family. Uh, And and thankfully, I've been blessed to have other people who are not blood relatives, but they've become a part of my family. Other women who have um, become sisters to me. Um, Yes. And aunties to my daughter and, and whatever they, I need them to be, friend whatever that safe place where I can just pour out Keisha, Keisha's pain, um, Keisha fears, and they're they're my cheerleaders. They're in my corner. Um, they love me. Some of them are blood relatives, but then many of them have, we don't share the same blood. And so to you who are out there listening to this, who who's watching, um, don't give up on you. Try to start the voices that you hear. Try to start quieting those voices by speaking the things that you want in your life. Um, and I have to act, actively do that sometimes. I'll, a thought, a negative thought will come up or a remembrance of something will come up. And then I have to really talk myself through it. I talk to myself a lot. Um, and I have to tell myself who I am whose I am, and I am not my past decisions. Um, yeah. And and I'm better. I am the apples of, of God's eye, and I want to create um, a legacy. And 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 the the generational curse that has been on my family, um, it's like the buck stops here. It stops here. 
um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And I want to heal. And for those who you know who may know who you are, if you hear this, um, I hope you'll join the journey with me in healing and and not look at it as a negative thing. Take the mask off. Um, and, and let's just do this thing because we are damaging our children. We are damaging our future. We are damaging our families. And as long as we let that continue, it just keeps going for generations. And I just don't want, I don't want my daughter to have to experience what I experienced. I don't want her children to experience or her children's children. So I really wanted to stop because I want everyone to be healthy and whole. Whether that was molestation, whatever it may be, I want every individual to be whole. And if whatever I've gone through in my past, I just hope that it can help someone else heal. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, guys, I want you to set some ground rules. Set some ground rules. It's not all bad. Um, find some safe topics to talk about together with your chosen family that you choose. Um, open up begin to open up when your trust has been taken away from you um as we stated earlier you don't even trust yourself but starting to trust yourself is a part of healing it's becoming who you are right um and when your trust has been taken away not only do you not trust yourself in decision making who you choose as a family you may not even trust them to, right? But you have to allow people to surprise you with gifts. So what I'm saying is when your trust has been taken, you don't like surprises. You like to know upfront. So for instance, if somebody's taking you to the movies, right? Just a friend date, a girlfriend date, right? Because maybe you need to relax some and they don't tell you. It's not that they don't want to. It's that they want to surprise you. It's a gift for you. When your growth has been sunny and your trust has been taken away, it's a black sheep. You don't like surprises. Give people opportunities. Um, and, and in that, you have to start healing um, from being the black sheep and all the things that occurred in your childhood that are still happening, the voices and replaying events. Um, rehearsing in your head um, and be your authentic self be you do the things that you want to do say the things that you want to say if you want to say yes say yes if you want to say no say no when you mean no but you're saying yes you're not being true to you you're, you're being a people pleaser and um, that's cutting the roots um in saying if somebody asks you to do something and you say yes but in your mind you really want to say no because you're exhausted you're tired of them you're tired of bullcrap so um 
let people surprise you. Um, be yourself. Listen to your cheerleaders, right? People who are cheering you on. People who are rooting for you, right? People who want to see you win. Because not everybody want to see you in a dark place. Wearing that mask can be exhausting. So that's what I have for you, ladies. Um, However, I do want to affirm with you, okay? Um, Affirm that I am not what has happened to me. My past does not define my future success. My life is what I created to be. No matter what I've been through, my scars are my victory stamps. I am a warrior. I am a survivor. Affirm the word. He lets me lay down in green pastures. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Psalms 23 and 2. Even when you are going through a really rough time, God will allow you to be at peace. We may not see it all the time, but when you sense a peace during the storm, the rain eventually stops and your light shines within. You can show up and be your whole self without giving somebody, without having permission from somebody else. Cause you giving your damn self permission. I'm a God's girl for real, <laughs> but I take a cuss word or two at a time. You hear me? Life is real, and so are you. The world is real. I want you, when you get to a steal, when you get still, God will talk to you. I affirm with you. You will not make it through. You will make it through this. I want you to know what was done to you was not your fault. It ain't your fault. You don't hold on to shame. You don't hold on to guilt. That is not yours. I affirm with you, you are valuable. You are chosen. You are strong. You are a success. You are whole. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are great. You are bold. You are beautiful. And you are needed. You are needed by the world, beautiful. But before you are needed by the world, you're needed by you first. Self first, above all. Self first. Being a black sheep scorns and puts you in a grave. Feeling lonely in a mental prison. I want to say this prayer for you for all of us. Father, I pray the young girl who has been hurt, who's feeling left without, who is the black sheep, who feels indifferent, who feels not worthy, who feels not chosen, that girl who doesn't know herself, That girl that's afraid to look in the mirror at what we see, what other people see, and definitely what God created. 
the girl who has had her innocence taken away from her and now she's in a physical body as an adult but the black sheep in her the inner child in her is still showing up because she needs to be protected loved and nurtured she needs a safe place father silence the noise the chaos in her head Release the mask that she puts on every day as now a woman so that she won't fall apart, so that people can look up to her. I release the silence when she walks through her home and continues her mother duties. I release the silence from when she get in her bedroom behind those four walls and she breaks apart. She's suited up for the corporate America. She's suited up as a mother. She's even suited up as a wife. Release the silence. Let her go bold. Let her go brave. Let her speak her truth. Release the silence. Release the shackles on the mental state of her mind so that she can breathe and she can flow and she can show up as who you called her to be and so that she can see herself. I pray, Father, that you restore everything that has been stolen from her. The innocence is what should be restored. Not the physical things, but the things internally shall be restored. Father, I pray that once the shackles that are being released, that not only she becomes, but she'll start loving on herself. She'll start caring for herself. She'll say no when she means no. And she'll say yes when she means yes. And she'll go brave, she'll go bold, and she'll stand on what her voice has said. And when her voice gets a little shaken, God, my prayer to you is that I know that you'll give her the strength, you'll put the resilience back in her, she'll be able to wander, she'll be able to speak boldly and with force. Father, I pray that the families who are sitting around in the dark, that they'll also be restored. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I affirm that with you, God. I affirm it with you, Keisha. I affirm it with our listeners. Flower, you no longer have to be a black sheep. You no longer have to be silenced. It's all up to you. Find your chosen family. But while you're doing that, your relative family, who you were brought up, they're going to see you moving and releasing. And watch when they see you. Some of them may talk. Don't pay that on mind. Because they're watching you 
while you transform and start to heal. And sooner or later, they're going to follow you too. It's just going to be in silence. And then they're going to become bold and brave. And then they're going to speak. I affirm that. It's done. So we thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I am Kenosha K, your favorite coach. Um, I help women in leadership navigate the journey of healing wounds that affect their everyday lives professionally and personally. Um, helping leaders navigate a sense of peace with clarity, calm, and helping them ascend to their higher self. That is what I do, that is who I am, and it's definitely what I love, but more importantly, what I was called to do, and I'm grateful. Thank you so much, Keisha, for being here and sitting with me and talking with me and being authentic and transparent with our audience and also offering advice um, to our listeners. So with further ado, as I always say, I love you so, so big. Have an amazing, amazing Saturday. Um, quiet down the noise. Talk to yourself in a positive way. Love on yourself. See you soon.